Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Welcome to our program today. We appreciate you coming and being a part of it. We uh, are in the process of making some changes in our book and and uh, our website. And so we have a lot of resource material for you, as well as this program that we're trying to help you to uh, live closer to God, to know Him in a better way, to feel His Spirit in your life, to know that God is interested in you and He's interested in everyone around you. So my uh, update of my website is going to be International Lighthouse Ministries. My big book uh, is Deceitful Masters Now, and it's going to be called Seven Steps from Darkness to God's Glorious Light, Shining Forth the word of truth upon a dark sea of treacherous lies. I think that this will be better suited for what we're trying to accomplish because we want you to have the rivers of living water, not just as a word or as a thought, but to really have this kind of an experience day by day with the Lord. There are so many that don't have this, and they're so miserable. But I know that God will do this for anyone who is willing to let him do so. Today, what I want to talk to you about is that we as Christians, as people, we can have a life with God free from the old carnal spirit that is plaguing so many today. There are people who will tell you that you have to live with that. But I want you to know today that this is not the truth, that you do not have to live with the carnal spirit dragging you down all the time. So I'm going to talk to you about this today, and by the end of the program, you will understand and realize that this can be a reality for your life. But first of all, before I tell you the the good news, you need to know the bad news. And the bad news is that everyone's a sinner. That the Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It says all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned to our own way. And it says so many things about the fact that everyone is born in sin. Now, if everyone is born in sin, then we, we need to realize what is sin. If everyone has it, what is it that we have? And what we have is a natural rebellion against God's will. That carnal spirit inside of us will lead us in the wrong direction every time. The Bible tell, calls it different things. It refers to it as the carnal mind. It also refers to it as the flesh, as the body of 
this body of sin it, in uh, various terms like that, but it turns out to be the same. It's sin within us. It's an enemy within us that keeps us from having those rivers of living water that I've been talking to you about. But there is good news, so hang in there. I'm going to tell you just how bad the news is so that you'll understand better how good the news is. Sometimes we have to see the bad things to have a contrast with the good things, don't we? We have this all the time. We'll have a time where it seems like that everything's going wrong and then all once things turn out and do good for us. And those times feel even better because we had the bad times we can contrast with. So this sin, what is it doing? It's tearing up homes. It's tearing up people. It's tearing up nations. This sin that is in people's lives is is very detrimental to society, to our own personal lives. It causes us to think things that are not right. We get in a place where we think we're doing okay when we're not. And the Bible tells us that there is a way that seems right to a person, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It's so easy that that carnal spirit will make us think that we're doing great. Don't talk to me about that religious stuff, about that Christian stuff, because I'm doing wonderfully. But sometimes we judge how well we're doing by the wrong standards. We might have good health. We might have even good wealth. We might have a lot of good friends and everything like that. And and so we think that we're doing well. In that sense, we are. But the Bible tells us if we gain the whole world and lose our own soul, what have we really gained? If we're only living for this life, this life is going to start falling apart. We're not always going to be uh, kind of, you know, in such a way that we can we can feel like that uh, we're on top of the world. As we get older, things start happening to us. And regardless of how hard we try, they're still there. And all these kind of things and the money we have, the fame we have, all these things, they can kind of come and go. We need something we can stand on that when the problems come, when the burdens come, we'll still have that solid rock to stand on. So sometimes our idea of success may not be so successful after all. If it leads us away from God, away from the good things of God, then it really isn't all that successful. The greatest thing that we can have is a right relationship with God. If we don't have that, we can be famous and popular and whatever you want to talk about. But if you don't have God in your lives, things are going to start raveling down. We see it happening all around us. We see it in our governments. We see it in our schools, in our businesses. 
We see it in our governments, just everywhere we can think about. We have this around us that is dragging us down. And we need something that will pick us up, something that will be with us when things start unraveling around us. The Bible talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength. And that's what we need today. The sin that is within us will only drag us down. The thing about sin, it'll take you farther than what you want to go. It'll keep you longer than what you want to be kept. And it will do more damage than you wanted it to. It may appear to be harmless at the first. It might even seem to be a great idea. But the end of it is not all that good, to say the least. The end of it can lead us to destruction. So we need deliverance from this carnal thing that is pulling us down, that is making us think that we're doing wonderfully when maybe we're not doing so well after all. Sin is in Plain English, it's selfishness. It's wanting my way above every other way. It's making myself a God rather than letting God be God in our lives. We make our own decisions, and we need to make decisions. And we're responsible for the decisions that we make. So I'm not saying we shouldn't make our own decisions. But when those decisions are made outside of God, and his will and his way, it can only lead downward because God is the one that is the author of all good and gracious gifts. He's the one that lifts us up. We do have an enemy that is all time trying to make us think that sin is beautiful, that You don't need God. You don't need other people. You can do this yourself. We've heard of self-made people, self-made men. Nowadays, probably self-made women. That I got this way because of a lot of hard work and things like that. And that's great that you did that. I don't have anything against that at all. We need to do things like that. But we need to keep everything in the right perspective. And we need to keep God at the center of our life. If we don't, it'll start falling apart sooner or later. If we only do it on our strength, then when our strength is gone, we have nothing to lean upon. But if we are working with the Lord, and the Bible talks about us being workers together with God, so if we're working with God, then when our strength is gone, the Lord tells us that our his strength is made perfect in weakness. So when we come to the end of our strength, if all we've been doing is depending upon ours, then we won't have anything left. But God is this should be the strength of our life. He should be the one that we can lean upon. Some people say that this is pie in the the sky by and by. No, I'm not talking about pie in the sky by and by. 
I'm not talking about just going to heaven. You can have heaven down here too. You don't have to wait until you get on the other side of this life to have a good life in this life. You can have the rivers of living water now. The Bible tells us that we're to forsake the things of the world, the flesh, and the devil so that we can have a more abundant life. Jesus came that we might have abundant life. He didn't come to take things away from us. He gave. He came to give us greater things. And we're coming up on our first break. I want you to think about this, that terrible sin is a terrible thing. It's dragging us down. And I want to show you a way that maybe you have or maybe you haven't seen or maybe you even have it today. If you do, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you can have before this program is over today. So uh, I think we'll have a break. This is your host, Howard Eugene Wright at Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. I trust that what we're telling you is uh, helping you today to realize some of the things that you've been having problems with that maybe they've been kind of mysterious to you. And you wonder, what is it that I'm not doing right or what is it that's going on in my life? And maybe you didn't know about the carnal spirit that keeps dragging people down. But you don't have to go very far to see it happening. And when you have, for the most part, the church tells you, oh, you've got to live with that. You just got to put up with it. You can't keep from uh, sinning in thought, word, and deed every day. What kind of deliverance is that? What kind of a gospel is that? That you have to be going in sin every day. Some will tell you that when you die, you'll get rid of this. And that makes the experience of death more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, we get all messed up. And if we would just take the word of God at what it says, we wouldn't have to worry about all these uh, things. Another thing about it is that we can rationalize on about anything. If we want to do something, we can convince ourselves that that's the best thing for us. It may not be, but we can come up with some kind of uh, idea of thinking, this is what i got to do. If I don't do this, the world's going to fall apart or whatever, you know. We have those kind of experiences, and you just can't go on your impressions. Just because you're impressed to do something doesn't mean necessarily that's what you want to do. You should do. And also, our impressions can lead us wrong. We can just feel so good about something. But if the Bible is against it, it doesn't make any difference how well it seems to you. You know, our enemy, the devil, is good 
about painting good pictures about sin. And like I said, sin is rebellion against God. It's selfishness. It comes in the form of pride and envy, jealousy, all this work of the flesh that the Bible talks about in Genesis. And a lot of what we call sin, you know, just kind of acceptable sin, we have acceptable sin and then we have sin that that is uh, sin that we don't accept. And it seems like that we're accepting more and more the sin that we didn't used to accept before. And once you start getting down that slippery slope, there's no end to it. Once you try to compromise with sin or uh, try to dress it up some way, try to make it uh, something that looks good, it'll just keep on wanting more. Sin never gets enough. It always wants more. And the final thing is, you are drugged down to the very bottom. It may start out innocently. You might just be a friend of a person. And before you know it, you're having a relationship that you really shouldn't be having. And things like that. And so we have to watch all the time because if we don't, we can be drug into sin. Now, there never comes a time in our lives when this can't happen. But there does come a time in our lives if we're willing to take God's way that it doesn't have to happen. There's a world of difference between having sinless perfection that people talk about that you never can sin anymore and an experience that you can have where you don't have to sin anymore. And what I'm telling you today is that you do not have to sin, but there's always temptation before you. Some people think that temptation is a sin. And so if that's the case, everyone is is tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was without sin. And so apparently the temptation is not the sin. The temptation is only trying to get us to sin. And once we follow that temptation, then it becomes sin. But just having a temptation, just being drawn towards something, just being enticed towards something that you know good and well you shouldn't be doing, that's not a sin. That is a temptation. And so I'm not talking about getting rid of temptation. You'll always have temptation. As long as you're on this in this world, there are going to be things that are going to be flashed before your mind that you're going to be tempted to think thoughts that you shouldn't think. There are going to be people who are going to offer you things that you know good and well you shouldn't be doing. And there are a number of things of temptations like that. And temptation is designed to take you away from God but and away from God's way, but you do not have to yield to that temptation. The Bible teaches us that God will make a way of escape for us, that there's no temptation which has come upon anyone, but that God will make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. Sometimes the best way to 
stay away from temptation is just not get where it's at. Don't play with the devil and with carnal, wicked things. Eventually, if you do, you'll get burned. And so stay as far away from it as you can. But you're living in a world that's less than perfect, that's full of sin and things like this, and you'll be tempted every day. You'll be tempted quite often every day. And so I want you to know that temptation is not sin. Also, mistakes are not sin. We, we're not uh, absolutely perfect in everything, and we don't know everything. And sometimes we might think that we're doing all right, and it might be that we're not. We might make a mistake. We might misjudge. We might miss a lot of things. But just making a mistake is not a sin either. Sin is when we willfully do what we know God does not want us to do. We're, none of us are perfect in every detail. So sin is not our imperfections. We need to realize it. We need to narrow sin down to what it really is so that we can deal with it. And if we call everything sin, then nothing becomes sin and things like this. So we need to realize that there is something that God has for us that will enable us not to have to fight that carnal spirit and yet we do have temptation before us every day. We do have problems. We are sick. Sometimes it, it seems like that everything is going wrong. And we might be tempted to think, God, where are you at? What are you doing to help us with this situation? And we might become bitter rather than better. We might be tempted to do that. But God does not want us to do that. We need to get to the place where we can trust God completely to everything and cast our care upon Him because He does care for us. So let's talk about in our next segments, and I'll go a little way, a little more here, but in our next part of our program, I'm going to show you how this all works together that I'm talking to you about. But you know, there is a way. I want you to know there is a way of deliverance. And God has that way for you today. And you can have it every day. You can have the rivers of living water that I'm talking to you about. The fruit of the Spirit can be going through your life. You can have love, joy, and peace. You can be a gentle person. You can, you can have self-control. All of these things of the fruit of the Spirit that are all good and wonderful and help us to live a very good life. When we become what I'm talking about, it doesn't make you worse. It makes you better. It helps you to be better. As good as you may be, and you know, there's a lot of good moral people out there that are very kind and very loving and very giving and things like this, but as good as you may be, you can always be better knowing the Lord in the way that I'm going to be talking to you about in the next parts of our program.
you know, the the Lord is good. And just think about this as we come to the part of this part. A God that knows everything, that's all powerful and almighty, wouldn't he do something that would enable us to live a healthy, wonderful life in him? I'm talking about spiritual health. You may have a headache and you might have all kinds of problems physically, but I'm talking about spiritual health that will help you in all other areas of your life. We've come to another break, so we're going to take a break at this time. And so I'm your host, Howard Eugene Wright, on Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thank you for staying with us. And, you know, uh, we've been telling you week after week on different things. But today I want to come more specific in what I'm talking to you about and make it clearer to you as to how to get into a personal relationship with God that you just heard about on advertising of my book, 14 Facets of Jesus True Church. And this can be a reality. Maybe you tried over and over again, and you've said that might be for someone else, but that's not for me. And you may think that way, and... But I want you to know today that God doesn't have any pets. I've been a Christian for 57 years now, and so I know what I'm talking about. And I had to come in the same way that everyone else does. We, we don't come in coming up to the Lord and saying, look at the great guy I am. Aren't you really a favored person to have someone like me? If you... Uh, do that kind of a thing, you'll never get anything from God. The Bible talks about a couple people in the temple, and one of them was a Pharisee and one of them was a publican. Now, a publican was a despised person back in those days. But the Pharisee stands up and he says, Lord, I'm so glad that I tithe and and I, I do this and I do that. And, and, uh, and then the you know, and he's just bragging on himself about all the things that he's doing. And then the poor publican over there that's despised, he starts beating on his breast. If he, if he didn't, uh, I'm sure that he would by that time because this Pharisee said, I'm glad I'm not like that publican. And, well, he was probably worse than the publican because the publican started beating on his breast in remorse and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said the publican went down justified, but the Pharisee, he went down, he was just talking to himself. He's just bragging on himself. You know, today we have this idea of uh, not wanting to hurt a person's self-esteem. And the ironic thing about it is, that we try not to help 
to hurt people's self-esteem, and some of those people don't have any self-esteem at all. And the the thing is that in order for us to have self-esteem, we have to get rid of the things that is making us feel bad about ourselves, that we're feeling guilty about. We wished we didn't do it. And we'll stand up and we'll say, oh, I, I'm sorry that I did that. I'll try not to do it again. And we turn right back around and do it again because that sin inside of us just drives us on. So the missing element in our society or any other society is the redeeming grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's grace to us that's extended to us. Some people, uh, you know, they don't know what grace is. Grace is God being gracious to us. The Bible teaches us that even when we were sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5. It says that when we were enemies of God, he also died for us. And we're enemies of God until we surrender to him by nature. So even though we're enemies, and he also came and died for us. The Bible talks to us in that Romans chapter 5 that I'm talking to you about, that he came that we could be forgiven. We don't need a new program. We need forgiveness. We need for God to forgive us of the things that we have done wrong. Some people will never forgive us, you know. I've seen this before. The person say, well, I never can forgive a person for that. How can I forgive them for something like that? And so what happens? That bitter attitude starts grinding away at them. And they have all kinds of physical and emotional problems because they're unwilling to forgive. And so one thing we need to do as we come to the Lord is to be willing to forgive those who have wronged us. Are we willing to do that? Maybe not in our own strength. Maybe in your own strength you can't. But if you're willing to do so, God will help you to do it. But you must be willing to to forgive others because the Bible tells us that if we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. So that becomes a pretty bad thing, doesn't it? But Jesus came, and Jesus himself said, I'm come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Before we come to the Lord and ask him to forgive us of our sin and accept him as our Savior, and that's what we need to do in order to enter into God's kingdom, is to ask God to forgive us of our sins against him and against other people. We need to come and beg his forgiveness. Not say, Lord, I'm I'm too good for this. Uh, you should take this away from me. Just come to him as humbly and meekly as you can and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner just like that publican did. And the same way that that publican went down justified, so you will. And what does justified mean? 
The word justified means just as though you had not sinned. The Bible teaches us that when we come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us a most miserable death, but he didn't only die, he rose again, and he's interceding for it. He's standing on behalf of us before God the Father today. And he's been doing that ever since he went up into heaven nearly 2,000 years ago. He's sitting beside of God, a very real person with a very real longing to have you transform from the inside out. We can change a lot of things on the outside, but if we don't change it on the inside, or if we don't get it changed on the inside, then it'll just keep coming back again. It's just like a sore. You can put a band-aid on a sore, but it's still a sore, and it'll sooner or later cause you more trouble. So what we need to do is, is get the sin out of our lives. When we come to the Lord through the through God, the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, when we come to God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ in confessing our sin, we have to admit that we're a sinner. And it shouldn't take much to do that, seeing that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We admit our sin. We ask God to forgive us of our sins. And then through what Jesus has done for us, he forgives us. Not only does he forgive us, he tells us that he forgave us. The Holy Spirit, which is the third person of, of the Trinity, and there, it's hard to understand that, but uh, not. I could give you, if I had a little more time, I'd explain it to you quite well. But anyway, there's, the Holy Spirit comes into your life at the time that you let God forgive you. Are you willing to let God forgive you today? Are you willing to admit that you have sinned to be forgiven of? It is easy to try to hide from this because the old carnal spirit will do anything it can to keep from dying. And in the next part, I'm going to tell you how to get rid of the old carnal spirit. But before we can do that, you have to have what we refer to as a born-again experience. You have to be regenerated. You have to have a new life in Christ because there is what we refer to as a further work of God's grace that takes care of the sin that you were born with. You have to take care of your own sins first. You have to know that you are a new creature in Christ, that your old life has passed away and your new life has come that the things that you used to love, you hate, and the things that you used to hate, you love. You become a new person when you're willing to come with a humble spirit, admit that you're a sinner, and ask God to forgive you. And if you come with all of your heart and with everything that's in you, if you're really serious about it, then God will forgive you. And the Bible tells us that he cast our sin as far as the east is from the west, He cast them into the sea of his forgetfulness, never to be remembered against us again. He gives us a new start with a new heart. And that is a wonderful thing. When he can change our heart, 
He can change our desires where we want to serve God. We love to serve God. We love His Word. We love His way. We like to study His Word. We like to be with God's people. We, we like to, uh, think about God's things. Now we don't just sit around all the time and in some kind of a monastery or, or some kind of secluded place out in the middle of the desert. We have to work. We have to take care of our families. We have to do all these things. But even through all of that, with a new life in Christ, we're always better at those things than if we didn't have that new life in Christ. Jesus is wanting us to have that new life. The Bible tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. So when I talk about that we admit that we're sinners and we come and ask God to forgive us, we're willing to quit the sin. We know that in our own strength we can't do it, but we trust God to enable us to not be sinners anymore, not to do the things that we are doing that's bringing burdens upon us and upon our family and upon everyone else that is around us. And so we can have this new life in Christ when we're willing to admit that we're sinners, we're willing to repent of those sins, turn away from those sins, and then let Jesus be our Savior, realizing we can't do it ourselves. No one else can do it. There was People back there one time, you know, said, we don't have a deity to save us. we got to save ourselves. Well, that didn't work out too well. Let's do the real thing. Let's get down on our knees before God and in humble repentance like that publican did. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Come into my heart, dear Jesus, and he will do it. And you will find yourself a new creation, a new creature, in Christ Jesus. And this will set you up for what I'm going to be talking to you pretty shortly here. And so we have upon a break again. And so we're going to go to our break. I'm your host, Howard Eugene Wright at TalkZone.com. And the program is Rivers of Living Water. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. I trust that you have understood that before you can have your carnal spirit taken care of, you've got to have your own personal sin out of the way. You've got to be in obedience to the Lord and you've got to Know that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, according to what the Bible says. The thing I want to say maybe at the offset of this is that if it's not in the Bible, it's not worth paying attention to. If if what I'm talking to you about today seems strange to you, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not in the Bible. I've been quoting Bible verses to you to show you where it's at. And so... And I can also tell you when my first personal experience that I've been experiencing what I've been, what I'm talking to you about for over 50 years. So this is not something that 
can't be done. It is something that we need today more than anything else is to know that our sins are forgiven, to know that our names are written in what the Bible refers to as the Lamb Book of Life, which is it is a place that God keeps record of us. Now, God knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end and everything else. And He knows how you're going to turn out and all of that. But God does not choose some of us to have this wonderful experience and the rest of us too bad about you. God is not that kind of a God. He came that we might have an abundant life. And knowing God, like I've already said, does not make you less of a person. It makes you more of a person. It makes you what God meant for you to be at the very beginning. You see our parents back there at the beginning, Adam and Eve. They're our beginning parents. These people were actual blood and flesh people just like us. But they decided they were going to rebel against God. At that time, they made the choice for the whole human race as to whether they would go with God or whether they'd have this carnal spirit. So this is where the carnal spirit came from. We inherited it. Now, uh, it isn't our physical flesh and blood. We, we don't, we'll never lose our physical flesh and blood until Jesus comes back and gives us a glorified body. Then we won't have these flesh bodies, or what the Bible refers to as terrestrial bodies, but we'll have celestial bodies or heavenly bodies. But right now, we have a body in a weakened state, and just because you're a born-again Christian, or you're regenerated or converted, all these terms mean the same, that does not mean that you're going to be less of a person, you're going to be a super person, you're going to have the same temptations, the same problems, the same trials, the same responsibilities as everyone else, except you're going to be able to do it in the light of God being with us at all times, helping us through all these things. And I think part of our problem is we see so very little of this, that we see so very little response, so very little testimony of it. And we just wonder if it can really be done. But when we made up our mind back there that it couldn't be done, then it isn't being done. If we will take another stand, if you're today, if, if you know there's nothing between you and the Lord, and you're still having a struggle with that old carnal spirit, and you're being obedient to the Lord as much as you know, you're, you're keeping your faith up as much as you can, you're not out there committing gross sins. If you are, you need to ask God to forgive you for those before you can get what I'm telling, going to tell you about next. You've got to have everything right with the Lord. And while I'm talking about it, you have to have right, be right with people as well. If you've done things against people that you can make right, you need to go and make that right and get everything right between you and God, between you and people, And if you're there, if that's where you are, then the rest of what I'm going to tell you is where it's for you today. 
it's something I know is going to make a lot of difference in your life. It sure did me. I remember when when I first got to the Lord back there in 1956, and everything seemed to be so wonderful and so great, I thought it'd be that way forever. But it didn't take me very long to realize there was something inside of me that just wouldn't let me do everything I wanted to do yet. But I was in a church that taught what I'm teaching you, so I was very fortunate to be in that kind of an environment. And, you know, um, I was really hungry. I was really longing for something that would make me clean and pure inside. And the end result of what I'm going to be telling you about is a perfect love that casts out fear. It's the love of God being shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. It's that old carnal spirit being eradicated. People don't like that word, but that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth not serve sin. And so if that's not eradicated, I don't know what you'd call it. It's taken out. Now, that doesn't mean it can't come back again. It's a spirit. It can come back again. And it has a lot of people. And you've got to keep your life up every day or it will come back. But that doesn't mean that you can't get rid of it, because you can. The old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we would not serve sin any longer. If you've got that old carnal spirit in there, which is not subject to the law of God, it's going to keep pulling you back into the wrong way. And you're going to be living a miserable life, and you're not going to much help to yourself or anyone else. Maybe a little bit, but not as much as you would if you didn't have to have that thing pouring the energy out of it. Why fight it when you can turn it over to God and let him take care of it? And so Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what we find in 1 John, that the devil leads us into all kinds of sin. But Jesus came to destroy those works. And one of those works is the work of that carnal spirit inside. The carnal spirit will cause division and strife and all kinds of things in the church and outside of the church and in our families and everywhere else. But when you get that old carnal spirit out, your life is much better. And so what do you have to do in order to get the old carnal spirit out? First of all, you've got to realize that you are a born-again, spirit-filled, loving Christian like I told you about. Then you turn everything over to God. You give Him all of your life, all of your time, all your talents, all your treasure, everything you have, everything you are, and yourself. You just give that everything to God. You just say, it's not mine, Lord, it's yours. And you become a steward of everything that you have. Now, you might think, well, if I give that to God, then I won't have it myself. Well, do you need that thing? Do you really want that? Why don't you give it to God and let Him take care of it for you? He'll take it out of your life. That's what you need, is to have that taken out. And so the Bible teaches us that we can when we give our whole self to the Lord. Romans 12, chapter 1 and chapter 2 
I mean, uh, verses 1 and verses 2. Tell us about that. It said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, show us this part. And then the Bible tells us about yielding ourselves to him. And all of these things are what we need to do in order to come into this life that I'm talking to you about, where God comes in, cleanses the old carnal spirit out, and takes your life and makes it powerful for him. He gives you a pure life. You know, the Bible tells us that that's what it's all about. It tells us that God came that he might have a holy church, that he might have one without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And we're part of the body of Christ. And so that's what we're talking about today, that we have a holy church and that we're a part of that body of Christ. And God does not want a weakened body. He doesn't want an infection in our bodies any more than we would our children. And we are children of God if we are, we come to Him and ask Him to forgive us like I was telling you about. Then we will be children of God. And those children can come and ask for cleansing. Ask Him to take that old carnal spirit out. Turn everything over to Him. And then accept His cleansing. You accepted his forgiveness. Now accept his cleansing. Let the Holy Spirit come in and cleanse you of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit that you might perfect holiness in the love and respect that you have for God. Then you will be able to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It is something that is missing in so many lives in so many churches, but it's a thing that we need to reinstate, we need to get back to, because this could transform us, could transform our churches, our society, and everything else. So think about this as we're coming to the close of our program again, and it's been a wonderful privilege to talk to you, and So this, my name is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm the host of Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. We'll talk to you next week, same time, same place.